0: Welcome to Miles to Memories podcast, episode number four for September 5th, 2019. My name is Sean Coomer, and I'm the founder of Miles to Memories, and I am joined each and every week by my two awesome co-hosts, Mark Osterman, uh, managing editor of MTM, and uh, Joe Chung from As the Joe Flies. Now, before we get into the show, we just want to thank everyone for listening We've had a great time making the first three episodes, and episode three was our most listened to yet. We've been enjoying the feedback, and we just want to make sure everybody subscribes. So if you are looking to subscribe, you can find all of the links at milestomemories.com forward slash podcast. We're available on all of your favorite podcatchers from Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify. Just go into them, type Podcast to find us or milestomemories.com forward slash podcast. And if you really love the show, consider subscribing and then also leaving a review. Uh, we've had lots of great five-star reviews the first few weeks, and we really do love reading each and every one of them. It also helps us uh, reach more listeners uh, because we're all controlled by the algorithms these days. So it tells the uh, fancy computers that you guys like us, and it helps us out a lot. So uh, please consider subscribing and uh, leaving a great review if you love the show. Now let's get into it. How you guys doing today?
1: I'm doing pretty well. Uh I, I apologize for my voice. I went a little too hard this weekend. Party a little too hard. So it's uh it's Party a in Northern wounded. Michigan. <laughs> yeah, it's a little wounded. Is, is that even a thing? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it is. And the bill's like 40 bucks when you're all done with it, too. Cheap party in Northern Michigan. <laughs> nice. It's probably cuz you're tricky like Never mind. I'm not going to make fun of nope. your curse favorite beer or anything like that. Gore's <laughs> Light. No. No Coors Light was happening, Sorry. No PBR,
0: of course, right? Northern Michigan.
1: Well, if we're talking about Michigan, it'd be like Stroh's or something if you wanted to do that, but no. None of that. It was actually like a 8% beer called M43, which is made by a small brewery in uh, Lansing. Very good beer. It's actually pretty expensive, but it really knocks you on your butt pretty quick, too. So took my voice out of me. I was yelling a little bit too much, had a little too much fun, so it's going to be a little rough today. Aren't you like an old man, dude? Like, what are you doing? I'm the youngest one here. What are you talking about? You're the old man.
0: For anyone who hasn't met Mark, uh, when he uh, drinks, he's sort of like uh, Will Ferrell from uh, old school, right? That's sort of what you remind me of the most when you're drinking.
2: Hopefully that doesn't mean I'm blue and that I'm going to drop dead soon. Anyway, spoiler alert for uh, old school. I'm pretty good too. Uh, I wanted to share a couple things that are going on. I had some travel to Hong Kong booked for my family for this Christmas break. And Just with everything that's going on, you know, we talked about it a little bit in episode one, you know, I don't feel as comfortable bringing my kids over. I feel like if it was just myself and my wife, it would be pretty easy to kind of maneuver away from where things are happening. But you know, it's just, just a little bit too stressful right now. So we're probably postponing the trip till next summer, even though like, yeah, who knows, maybe things will calm down by December, but I don't know. Regardless, what I want to share was uh, I called I booked an outbound flight with American Airlines flying on Cathay Pacific Metal, and they waived the, you know, normally there's a redeposit fee when you cancel your award ticket, but they waived that um, because of what's going on in Hong Kong. So just uh, in case anyone's in that super niche situation, you know, I asked the speaker supervisor, and they said, uh, no
0: problem. Good to know. I, I, have, I know a few people have traveled through there this week, and they've said when it comes to connections and stuff, things have been going pretty fine on the airside. So if you do have to go through Hong Kong and can't avoid it, um, and you're staying airside, most likely, there won't be any interruptions, or there hasn't been thus far. But definitely, something to keep an eye out, and good that good to know that you can change your flight if you need to to avoid it if there's an issue.
2: Yeah, it feels like the airport protests are pretty much shut down because now the police are going to like shut those things down, you know. But our main concern is we stay with relatives um, or in relatives' apartments that are unoccupied, and both the options are kind of in areas that have been pretty hot so you know it would be tough to avoid i mean i guess we could stay at a hotel but you know part of the reason to go is to visit relatives so that's kind of what factored into that's one of the things that factored into our thinking
0: makes a lot of sense there nothing much going on with me i've been enjoying being at home i've been traveling the last few weeks and then got a week at home and i'm getting ready to go to washington dc for a conference tomorrow have you guys heard of uh well you guys have heard of fincon right
1: Yeah, only because you told me about it.
0: (laughs) That's the one where they talk about like, what,
2: just finance, personal finance?
0: Yeah, it's a gathering of personal finance bloggers. And it's part of, uh, here's a little sort of behind the scenes, but it's part of people trying to sell um, new bloggers stuff, you know, tools to, to make them more successful and teach them how to brand and all that. But then it's also just meetings with different banks, industry executives, and things like that. So there's something for beginners, beginner bloggers, and, and everything in between. Um, so yeah, we're going to do that. But then also following that is CardCon, which is a gathering of sort of all the credit card, uh, bloggers and journalists and things like that. So that's going to be real fun as well. Mark is going to be there. So for his first time. So we're going to get a learn a lot about credit cards. Hopefully we'll bring, we'll bring you some news and some interesting financial stuff we learn and maybe some interesting products, something like that. I don't know. Well, we'll find, but uh, that's where I'll be the next week. Sort of taking all that in. Sounds, uh, thrilling. I'm glad, uh, you get to do that kind of
1: stuff. <laughs> He's bringing um, me along for entertainment purposes. I think yeah, I'm
0: forcing Mark to, to sit through a session. Well, they got two, two different tracks now. So now Mark can sit in one track and I can sit in the other. And, and we can text each other, uh, insults the, the entire time. Um,
2: Something. Nothing like paying to go to a conference and not paying attention at all. You know?
0: I'll pay attention. I don't know about Mark, though.
2: Well, it's all about the networking, right? Usually these conferences, whether it's CardCon, FinCon, uh, I know the Chicago Seminars are coming
0: up soon, like all that stuff is just about hanging out and meeting people, right? Yeah, well, this is more of an industry conference, so it's more of the behind the scenes for bloggers, but it is networking in that way, to network with other bloggers, network with different brands and things like that. And then Chicago Seminars, which actually leads me perfectly into the next... The next thing is, uh, our event. Chicago Seminars is a miles and points event in October. And, uh, it's $125 to register. There's lots of great speakers and all the money, all the, the money after expenses, uh, goes to charity. All of the speakers volunteer their time to go there and I'll be speaking there. Um, and we actually have a brand new, uh, events page because we actually have, uh, reader meetups in September in Detroit, December in Orlando. We have our huge Vegas, uh, get together with presentations in November, plus the Chicago Seminars in October. So we have a brand new page. I just put together miles2memories.com forward slash events, where you can meet uh, either Mark or myself or us together, you know, learn a little bit more, network a little bit. And yeah, we're looking forward to meeting everybody as well. So I guess we should actually start talking about some stuff in the show here. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. After all these years uh, in the miles and points hobby, I've really learned that some of the Subjects to pay attention to the most are the ones that are the least sexiest. And so today we're going to talk about a topic that may not grab your attention right away, but I guarantee you that you can actually get a lot by listening about retention, annual fees, and uh, sort of the strategies that more advanced people in the Miles and Points hobby use uh, to get great benefits, bonuses, and things like that. So today we are going to talk about retention. Is that your uh, one of your favorite subjects, Joe? Um, yeah, it's just so sexy. I'm just... Very excited. Well, let me ask you this. How many times do you think that you've made a retention phone call? Oh,
2: yeah, that's a great question. I don't know. I mean, I do like five to ten per year, depending on how many
0: cards I applied for the year before. So you'd say you're probably a, a pro at it, right?
2: Uh, I wouldn't say I'm a pro at it. Like, I really hate talking to human beings. So definitely every time this kind of thing comes up, I debate in my head whether I should just... if applicable, secure message and cancel and not bother talking to anyone. Yeah. So I wouldn't say I'm great at
0: it, but you know, I know how to do it and I can do it when I need to. Yeah. I remember stumbling through my first uh, retention calls. I've been, you know, just whether with credit cards or something else, obviously been making retention calls forever. And I do not like to be on the phone either. Um, but over the years I've uh, gotten better at learning how to, to navigate them to first off, make them quicker. And then also to get hopefully what I'm looking for, you know, Mark, uh, how often do you say you you make retention calls? Probably about the same, 10 times a year?
1: Yeah, something like that, because I end up making them for my wife as well. Uh, she's very Joe-esque, as she does not want to talk to any human beings. So she'll just call in and say, hey, can you talk to my husband about this, and hands me the phone. So I do double duty, pretty much.
0: Uh, I think a lot of people who listen probably do. Certainly, uh, I'm one of the rare... My wife does uh, make her retention calls, although I give her everything that she needs ahead of time. So I have to do all the research ahead of time, but...
1: Well, your um, wife's better at everything than you, too. So that's yes, why you give it to her. She's definitely from here on the phone. Yes, <laughs> for me, they'll
0: just hang up and <laughs> hang up. Click. <laughs> yeah, my wife. They'll actually uh, they'll talk to her. So that's nice. That's always a good thing. But uh, I Joe, hope she you...
1: listens. I hope she listens to this, and I get brownie points for that.
0: She won't. But uh, I will tell you she won't. <laughs> <ball. Hey. laughs> <laughs> I think before we even talk about what a, about retention and all this, Joe talked about um, determining if it's worth it. Um, So if if you're new to the hobby, uh, a retention call is when, uh, or retention in general, is an offer that a bank will make to you uh, in order to get you to keep a credit card. So they may say, we'll just give you this many points if you decide to keep the card. Or they may say, if you spend a certain amount of money in the next few months, um, then we'll give you this bonus. So uh, it's a way to actually get more value out of the card, and that can be a factor in determining whether you're going to keep it or not. Um, But back to your point, Joe, I think the first place that people should start when their annual fee is up every year is looking at if it makes sense not only to make the retention call, but if it really makes sense to have the card in the first place, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great point. I don't have like an unlimited amount of spending, regardless of how many extra spend targets like I generate. So you know, for me, there are just some cards that after I got the bonus, it's not super worth the retention call, at least the retention calls, because, you know, the offers will differ, right? Sometimes you'll get an offer that is like, well, if you spend X amount of money, we'll give you, you know, Y more points. Um, so for a lot of cards, like, that's not worth it for me. It's not worth keeping the card. Of course, if they're going to be like, hey, for, Doing nothing will give you this many points, then I can weigh that number of points versus how much the annual fee is. Um, but yeah, I think it definitely is a card by card basis determining whether that retention call is worth it or, you know, some cards are just almost not even worth calling for me.
0: Yeah, I agree. There are cards where even if they aren't going to give me a bonus, where I have to really look into my life and say, OK, even if even if the bonus, uh, you know, I've had cards in the past where they just it offsets the annual fee. They give you credit. Does that make sense to keep this to keep this complication to make it? So now I have to call again in a year to see what's going on. All of those things are certainly a factor when you're about to make a retention call. What sort of factors play into you deciding, OK, this here's a card and this is why I'm going to call on it today.
1: Uh, usually, I just I look at the annual fee and then I look at all the perks I get for it, and then I kind of have a baseline of what kind of credit they need to give me or points to offset that to make it worth it. Uh, you'll also look at uh, what kind of benefits it can give you, so maybe you could use those down the down the line. Like if uh, the surpass card is giving, if they'll give you a retention on that, the Hilton Gold status will often pay for itself uh, through free, free breakfast, upgrades, that type of thing. So. Maybe you don't put a dollar on value on that perk, but once you get a retention, then you'll actually reap more rewards for it. So I like those type of perks that are just there, and you'll use them over time, but you don't put a money value to them. because. And then if you're getting the card for free for another year, then that's a way that you can get value out of it versus a card that they just give you the annual fee back. And then you never use it. You never use any perks. So what's the point of really keeping it open except for to extend your average age of accounts? So that would be the only reason you'd keep it open, which is annoying. Uh, So the other option for that is to just downgrade it to a no annual fee card. And then that will do the same thing and you won't have to call back again. So that's probably the better way to go for those type of cards versus getting on the hamster wheel and doing the same thing over and over every year. So that's, that's the way I look at it.
0: And I think it's important that people are, before you go into a retention call, that you're really honest with yourself about the value that you're receiving from a card. Don't be generous, be conservative, Um, especially when you're paying fees on a card. If you're paying an annual fee, that's money, cash out of your pocket. So if you're going to assign a value to some to some benefit of that card make sure that it's a real value or that it's something that you can live with don't you know say oh that benefit's worth a hundred bucks and then you're not getting a hundred bucks for it and you've now paid a hundred dollar annual fee out of cash out of your pocket so i think that that's important and then i think once you've determined that okay either i'm going to keep this card or I, i you know i'm going to try to see if i can get an offer to see if it makes sense the next sort of step there is you know getting ready for the call And that's going to really depend on which bank you're calling. And there's all kinds of things to learn about. I mean, what sort of, uh, Joe, what sort of things do you do before you uh, go, you know, you've determined, I got a call on this card, you know, what do you do before you uh, make the call to prepare for it?
2: Yeah. So speaking about networking, you know, I think this is kind of the value of knowing other people who are in the game, because, you know, what I'll do is, you know, I have a few friends that we talk pretty openly about, you know, everything that's going on with this. So if I know that they've had the card, and if they've, called for retention or canceled recently, I can ask them what they've been offered. So it's good to know kind of what's happened. Obviously, past offers aren't going to be guaranteed, even if you call like the next day or a week later, because, you know, some of these banks, like I think American Express has some weird algorithm that determines whether you get offered spit out at you or not. But it's good to know what's out there. Um, And then, you know, obviously, I always do my research to figure out what are the correct numbers to call. You know, um, doctor of credit, obviously, is going to have the most comprehensive lists there i'm sure miles to memory has it somewhere as well you know it's it's actually really annoying to find those retention calls if i was smart i would have put them all into a like you know a virtual notepad at some point but i haven't and so yeah so i get the number you know i see if other people i know have gotten offers and then i just get ready to call and steal myself to have to be on hold and also talk to a human for an inordinate amount of time i'm just kidding. Can be pretty fast, but you know I still have to talk to a human longer than I want to.
0: Yeah, there's a few uh, key things there. Um, I know just a few tips that came to mind when you're talking about the phone numbers. Um, yeah, finding the phone numbers is good. Googling them is good. If all else fails, just call the number on the back of your card because it's gonna. That number does vary from card to card, even if it's at the same bank. So a lot of times, especially if you have a premium card, calling that number will get you through to the right, uh, people. Um, and then also, yeah, the, the other quick tip and I just, cause I don't know if it'll fit in anywhere else. If you are calling, you often will talk to a, to an automated system and some banks specifically city. If you tell that system, you want to close your account, it will close your account automatically. So, um, one little good uh, thing to talk about when you're going into a call is just to hedge yourself and say, I'm considering closing the account. Don't say you want to close it that way. Nobody mistakenly closes it or even a computer doesn't mistakenly close it um because that has happened to a lot of our readers so you've determined you want to do the call you know what um you know what are you going to say i just said talk about maybe not saying you want to cancel but saying uh that you're considering canceling and having a reason for that I mean mark what sort of other things are you you know what sort of talking points you have when you're on the call with the rep from uh, whatever bank
1: i usually just start off by saying that my annual fee just hit or for city you can call even during the year and just straight up ask them for a retention offer. They're the easiest bank to work with on that. And they usually have the best offers. But for any of the other banks, I'll just call in and say, my annual fee just posted. I'm not really using the card as much as I used to. And I don't think the perks are worth the fee. Is there any type of offer for me that you can offer me to kind of offset those costs to keep the card, you know, that type of thing? And usually that's how I started off and and it's worked for me in the past.
0: And watch what language you use because they will use that to tailor an offer for you. Like Citi will, if you say the annual fee is too high... They'll try to get you an offer. They get you a credit to offset that. If you say, I don't think this card earns enough, they may give you an offer that gives you bonus points uh, for spending. So uh, whatever reason you say you don't want to keep the card, they may tailor an offer uh, to you based on that. They may not have more than one offer. They may not have any offers at all.
1: To that point, you'll want to say something along the lines after they don't take the first offer. It's kind of like a timeshare. Whenever you get a timeshare presentation offer, you always say, well, can't you do any more? So when you get the uh, retention offer from the bank, just say, is that it or is there another one? Because usually they have a whole list of them. They'll go down, down through them. If you get a seasoned rep, they'll just go right to the best one and say, this is the best one. But otherwise, have them go through all of them before you make your decision. Don't just take the first one. It might be the only one, but you might as well have asked to be sure. Hey, so for a city, you just
2: straight up be like, hey, do you have a retention offer for me? Or you know, what do you say there since you're calling in the middle of the year?
1: Yeah, pretty much. And then you, they'll go through every card you have sometimes. And say, so you have this offer on this card, this offer on that card. I know Sean's written about it a couple times and he's gotten like three, four offers at the same time for different cards.
0: Yeah, we have a lot of great information on Miles to Memories. If you just search retention, um, we have retention tips for pretty much all the banks and uh, articles about different things. But yeah, with Citi, uh, a lot of times, if you have a really nice rep, you can just ask them. So I always call about whatever card I'm calling about, but then I will ask them sometimes to go through all of my cards and see what offers are available. And there's been times... I've left a call with four different retention offers on four different cards. So some pretty amazing things can happen. And then there's times I've called and I've gotten nothing as well. So, Any uh, last minute tips you guys have? uh, Retention tips? Uh, Like I said, make sure to search the site. We have all kinds of great information. But anything else you guys have to add?
1: I will say that even if you 100% plan on keeping the card, as soon as that annual fee hits, just call and ask. Because uh, like the Aspire card, that's a great card. It, It pays for itself in perks. Uh, So I wasn't really expecting anything, but I called anyways, and they gave me 10,000 points as my retention offer. So it just added more value to the card, even though I was going to keep it anyway. So it doesn't hurt to, you know, it's Joe, it's only five minutes. You can handle it. It'll be okay. So you (laughs) you just pick up the call or pick up the phone and call them, see what they can do. If they say no, you know, it's what you started with. You started with nothing. So try to get something. Oftentimes you'll get more than you expected. It's not okay.
2: Um, I'll say that you know, I actually am more liable to call for a card that I want to keep. And the reason why is, uh, Sean kind of alluded to this a little bit, but sometimes I just have too many cars and it's too complicated. Yes, this is a first world problem, uh, first world miles problem, because for the most part, I have as many miles as I want. Obviously, you could always want more. But to me, Sometimes I don't want a retention offer on a card that I don't really like because it's going to make my life more complicated because I'm going to figure out how to need to spend to meet that offer. So I'm at a point in my life where sometimes I just want to keep it simple, and if that means just canceling a card without calling, like I'll just take the L and move on. I recognize this is not maximizing everything and not probably getting the full value, but my time is valuable and also my wife not hating me is valuable, so sometimes I'll make things simple and just cancel without calling. So I um, just wanted to put that
0: out there too. Some great tips. We've all probably made hundreds of retention calls. If you guys are interested, if there's anything we didn't cover or you want to maybe a more advanced session, something like that later on, let us know. Uh, you can always email us, podcast at miles dot memoriescom And now uh, let's go into thanking our sponsor of today's show, Travel Freely. Now, before you guys fast forward through this or skip through this ad, Travel Freely is actually an amazing service, uh, or I think this personally, um, for people who have a lot of credit cards. And uh, I know we've been teasing this a couple of weeks, but I think, Joe, you finally signed up and you got all your cards added to Travel Freely, right? I did indeed get all my cards added to Travel Freely. And they have this nice
2: little, uh, how to, How shall I say this, um, Johnson measuring contest where they'll tell you how many miles you've earned and also the value of those miles, the tens of thousands of dollars of miles that you've earned, uh, which is kind of fun. It's kind of silly, but it's uh it's good to see. I'm not sure if their valuation is what mine would be. I didn't do all the calculations, but it's interesting to see how many thousands yeah. of dollars. They you can you can assign your own values too. Oh, interesting. Yes. I didn't know that. Um, you know, one other thing. So talking about these retention calls and stuff like that, You know, one thing that Travel Freely... I kind of wish Travel Freely had existed when I started in this game because inserting all these cards now, number one, was tedious. I had to add, like, 30 cards, and then I also decided to add some cards that I'd already canceled. But number two, one of the really valuable things I found about Travel Freely is that I've always been able to... Like, I've always kept my cards in a spreadsheet, and I've known when I've signed up and when I need to call for attention and things like that. But one thing that I never quite got down was, like, getting either Google or something to send me reminders like this is the time to call. And so I'd always be referring back to my spreadsheet and I do this thing where sometimes I would like highlight cards that I need to call and stuff like that. And the nice thing about travel freely is you put in the date, you sign up for a card 45 days before that year is up. They'll be like, Hey, your annual fees coming up and that kind of reminds you. And so it's nice to get those automated reminders. I'm sure there are more tech savvy people who have set that up for themselves. But for me personally, you know, even though I had that spreadsheet and the spreadsheet is pretty detailed, uh, I still was never like set up reminders for myself and it was just too tedious. So, you know, with travel freely, I put the card in once they'll send me an email when the annual fees up. And so I like that. And I also have
0: five annual fees up in the next 45 days, which, uh, I don't like quite so much. Yeah. It's never fun, but yeah, it's a good point. Um, they take a little bit of time to, to get your stuff into the system, but there's even stuff useful for somebody who's been doing it as long as you. And then, of course, if you're new, you can sign up for travel freely um, and add all whatever cards you have now and then continue to add them as you go. You'll be able to find the best bonuses available and they pare down which cards are available based on what you have. So if you're eligible to apply, again, based on the dates and the types of cards that you've told them, they'll let you do that. So most importantly, it's free to try. There's no cost to it. Um, You can sign up at miles dot com forward slash go forward slash T F pod. That's miles dot com forward slash go forward slash T F pod travel freely. Give them a try. One more
2: thing is that another reason why I wish I had it as a beginner is because then I wouldn't have had to come up with my own system. You know, it's nice to like have a system already in place and then, if you, you can always use that to like make your own system as well. One thing I noticed, guys, when I was looking at this is I have some pretty useless cards. I don't know if uh, you, when uh, you added your cards to travel freely, Sean, you noticed some cards that are just kind of, for lack of a better term, practically garbage.
0: Yeah, I mean, I have over the years um, had some interesting decisions to downgrade or uh, sign up for cards, and uh, I have quite uh, the collection of, of cards. So, yeah, there's certainly one or two of those in my uh, my sock drawer that I'm not proud of.
1: Garbage, my favorite <laughs> word.
0: All right, Joe, what is your most useless card that you found?
2: Um, you know, I know we wanted to talk about, like, kind of our mo- our least used cards, for lack of a better term. And I was thinking about it, and I was like, well, I obviously have a lot of, like, no annual fee cards that I just don't do anything with, like the Fidelity Amex even though it's a straight 2% cash back and it's easy, it's just like one of those cards that I never use. But I figure those are kind of aren't useless because they're building your credit history and you're not paying anything for them. So it's not too much. By the way, uh, as an aside, on those cards, you need to remember to spend at least one thing on them every year. Actually, I don't know if Travel Freely can remind me that, but I need that as well. A reminder to just spend a dollar on these no annual fee cards every year. Anyway, I didn't think n- a an no annual fee card was good for this because... They still have some positive benefit. But to me, I was looking at my cards. And I'm like, what cards do I have an annual fee on that just seem useless and are sitting there doing nothing? And I came up with the Barclays Aviator Red card. And this has just recently become useless. I was keeping it on for the $89 annual fee and getting the 10,000 anniversary miles. Um, but they just killed that. So now that card is like literally useless. And I'm just going to get rid of it. Or not literally. That card is metaphorically useless.
0: Well, the 10,000 anniversary miles was just for the old U.S. Airways card, right?
2: Right. It, con- it converted to the Barclays something card and then converted. Eventually, it became the Aviator Red or whatever. Yeah, so it was grandfathered in. Um, so I've had that card. I looked. I've had a card for like six years and I've been getting $10,000. I mean, I've been getting 10,000 A miles for $89. Um, and, you know, that's kind of expensive at the same time. It was just easy money in a sense. Um, but, you know, now that they got rid of it, that card... Has I haven't spent a dime on that card for like four years, and so I'm going to call, I guess I'll call for retention and see if they say anything,
0: but I'm guessing they're not going to offer me anything and I'm going to get rid of it. Yeah, I was uh, thinking a lot about this, and uh, I think my most useless card is a no annual fee card, although you do make a good point, but it's a, a Club Carlson card, a US Bank Club Carlson card that I had downgraded to whatever their free like silver version is, so I don't even know what that card earns, and it's just sitting there obviously extending my average age of accounts, but... Um, that is a really obscure card and one that I don't think I will ever use. Um, but This uh, is
2: not the topic, but my biggest regret card that I ever signed up for were those Club Carlson cards. I still have yet to use those <laughs> Radisson points. Uh, they were Club Carlson originally, they're now
1: Radisson points. Yeah, I whatever. think I
2: used one bunch of them to book a room for my dad once,
0: but the rest have just gone completely untouched.
1: I missed the BOGO back in the day. That yeah. That was awesome.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say back in the day when you had the card, if you re- if you redeemed points for a night, you got a uh, you got a bonus award night. So if you redeemed for two nights, you only paid for one. Um,
2: yeah, that was the stupid thing about me and that card though. I never I had a year where I could have done that, and the opportunity just never came up. So well, I always said the
1: what problem was that card. you can book me a hotel, Joe, anytime, man. I'll take a free room. You might as well get rid of them, right? All right, five cents per point.
0: You got <laughs> yeah, like, lots of comfort in and sweets up there, too. That's the, the those are good. But that's just weighing the, you
1: down, man. You want simplicity. Get rid of those points. You don't want to have to look at them all the time.
0: I got like 60,000 of them myself that I haven't gotten rid of that I really need to. But the problem with, with the Carlson or Radisson rewards is that you have to stay in one of their hotels. That's always been my sort of thing but
1: uh, therein lies the rub they have like four and a half radisson blues
0: <laughs> well the radisson blues here in the u.s there's one in near the in the mall of america there's a really nice one in chicago so there are some nice ones in europe they tend to be older i stated quite a few of them in europe on the two for one special so i did use that card back in the day but it's just sitting there and i think that uh, right now the city prestige i'll say is going to the worthless category for me i don't use the fourth night free all that much They've just taken away a bunch of benefits uh, as of the 1st of September. Um, So that card, I think, is one that I'm paying a fee on that I'm no longer getting the value, and that thing has to go, I think. What about you, Mark?
1: Uh, My most worthless is the Sam Jackson Quicksilver. (laughs) And when we were talking about this before the show, Joe's like, why in the heck do you have that card? And the reason is because I had a Venture card. And when the annual fee came up, it was one of the first cards I signed up for for the bonus. I think it was like my third card I ever got. When the annual fee came up, that was back when they were giving 20% cash back or 20% off of Uber with Quicksilver. So I just downgraded to that to save the annual fee. And then I uh, used that for all my Uber rides for like the next six months to a year or whatever. So there's value in it and that. And then I've just kept it because it's one of my older cards. So it keeps helping my age group counts out. So I just leave it open because the the other one I would say is I have a Flexburgs card, the uh black one. That's $49 a year. It is my oldest card. It was a Northwest Airlines card and then when that got bought out by Delta, they twi- they switched me over to the Flexburgs card and I was using that before I got into miles and points, which is not a terrible card. It's actually a decent card, but uh I don't use it ever, but I keep it and I pay the $49 every year because it's my oldest card. So I just I just eat it every every single year. <laughs>
2: I used to use my FlexBurks a lot at uh, grocery stores, but I've since tailed off and had better grocery options, at the moment at least. Also, I was looking when I was adding my Travel Freely cards, and (laughs) I do not have a U.S. Bank FlexBurks card anymore, but I cannot for the life of me remember when or why I canceled it. I only have the altitude reserve for U.S. Bank now.
0: I think that says everything that you need to know about uh, U.S. Bank. They just don't have any cards that are really all that memorable. <laughs> Although, I guess Altitude Reserve with the 3X uh, mobile wallet is pretty good. But,
1: yeah, yeah, a lot of people like it because that. I hate using mobile wallet, so I don't find it useful. I'm old, I guess. Yeah. yeah. See?
0: See? But what you can learn, Young. I'm young, though...
1: I'm young at, at night when I'm partying, but I'm old when I have to like whip out my phone to pay for stuff.
0: Got it. Huh. Well, that makes perfect sense.
1: That's what Red Bull does for you, I guess. <laughs> Gives you wings. It, it sure does.
0: All right, well, the last uh, sort of topic I wanted to talk about uh, is, uh, we talked a little bit about it last week, was um, the Delta Vacations offer. Um, they're offering double value of their miles. Usually you can redeem Delta Sky Miles for one cent each towards uh, vacation packages through Delta Vacations, but uh, this week you can redeem Delta Sky Miles for two cents each. And there's been some amazing deals, and um, you know this deal... Was something I think that a lot of people still haven't wrapped their heads around. I think a lot of people have finally figured out that it's really great. But I thought we would talk a little bit about it. You know what? What we're booking with it, why we're not booking certain trips with it, things like that. Um, I know that I've booked a lot of Disney trips, but Mark, you said you you just booked something or you you got something you're about to book uh, with this promotion, right?
1: Yeah, it's it's not a great deal. It's just a little bit better. But uh, my daughter wants to for our first. Father-daughter solo trip. She wants to go visit Mimi, who's my mom, down in Jacksonville. So I was looking at flights, and I found uh, two flights on uh, Delta for 14,000 miles apiece. And I'm thinking, wow, that's a great deal. So I'm already ahead of the game. And just for fun, I looked at the vacation package promo, and I did a search for that. And I can actually book a room... Uh, for three night or two for two nights and the two flights and it comes out to 26,500 miles so I actually save 1,500 miles and then I earn miles on the flights too which doesn't make any sense to me how it's cheaper with hotel but that's the kind of value that you can get from this promotion that I'm not even going to go to the hotel I'm not going to use the hotel but I'll book it just to save a couple miles and earn some miles so there's a lot of value to be had out there for it with it
2: so question for you how much time do you feel like you spent you know saving that 1,500 miles and figuring that out?
1: Uh, like four minutes, maybe, maybe, maybe four and a half. Cause I already knew I wanted to fly it. So I just did a quick search. Now, if I was just like aimlessly searching for stuff, I could see wasting time. But if you have a trip that you're already planning on going on, you might as well plug it in there and see what it comes up with. Cause it won't take you that much time. Now, if you're just deal hunting, then that's going to take you time because you're going to be searching different destinations and and messing with different stuff. So I wouldn't do that. But if you have a trip planned over the next 12 months that you haven't booked yet, you might as well just plug it in and see if it works. Is that what you did, Sean, for all your Disney trips?
0: Well, for Disney, I think it's a little bit different um, because you're not going as much for value in that you're going... For me, it's been about finding hotels and deals that I couldn't book normally with points. But yeah, I think the first place to start with this deal is go to Google Flights or wherever you search for flights, find... Search for Delta... And make sure that they're competitive, you know, cost wise with other airlines and things like that. Um, so in my case, I booked trips to Hawaii, um, to stay in uh, Alani, which is Disney's, um, five star resort in Hawaii. Something that, um, you can rent DVC points and do it that way, but, um, generally it's very difficult to, on miles and points to, to stay at Alani. And so that was a really good deal. And it turned out that the, the flights, um, I did actually have to book from LA instead of Las Vegas, but, uh, the flights were the cheapest around on Delta. So I was getting a good deal on the flights and then I was able to combine that with this. And then the same thing with uh, Orlando. I have been I booked a couple of uh, trips there. One of them is on Disney property. It's a hotel you just normally can't get. And then the other one was just because uh, it was for the trip to go see uh, Rise of the Resistance open in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge in December. I'm actually staying at like a Marriott property that I got through the Delta Vacations. But again, the flight was the cheapest I could find. So when I combined everything... Um, I was, you know, basically paying less than I would if I booked separately, um, but also getting, being able to redeem two cents per mile for Sky Miles, and SkyMiles is a transfer partner of American Express membership rewards. So at this point i spent all my SkyMiles. So now I'm transferring over membership rewards and I'm very happy to get two cents each for those. I know that a lot of people will say, well, they'll transfer them to premium partners and they'll get seven or eight cents each. I, I I've been doing this long enough that two cents for membership rewards is a very, very good value for me. And doing that to stay in places that I can't normally do, I don't want to pay cash for them, I can't normally use hotel points, so that's sort of been my strategy. I will say that it's not going to be a great deal 100% of the time, um, so you should always uh, look at the flight prices, uh, make sure that that's going to make sense, and then you know give it a shot and see if it uh, makes sense to do it separately. So it does take a little bit of time, Joe, but uh, there's some value uh, if you know what you're looking for, and uh, especially if you can find different city pairs where Delta is a good deal on the flights.
1: Now I will say I, I wrote an article today about transferring membership rewards for it, and I used a example uh, at our last Detroit meetup where I get a couple people together from the Detroit area uh, like once a month. We were all talking, and we kind of just were spitballing a trip to New Orleans, so... I actually booked a flight uh, in February, and there's a couple people that are still deciding or whatnot. So I went to the vacation package to see what kind of value it offered them if they were still considering it. And for one person, it was forty-four thousand miles for the flight and the hotel, which was just over two cents per per mile. And then to for two people, it only went up fourteen thousand miles to fifty-eight thousand miles, which is insane that the second flight was was that much was that cheap. Part of it's because you're already getting the hotel that's paid for in the first booking. But when you add on that second person, you're not really adding on a lot of cost. And when I looked at um, the price of just the two flights, just to get two flights normally with Delta Sky miles, it was 58,000 miles. So it was the same cost, but you're getting three nights in a a four-star hotel by going through the package as well for the same cost that you would pay for just the flights. So I would definitely encourage anybody that has a booking upcoming to use it. Because you will definitely save something.
0: Yeah, I think Mark. I think the point that you made is good. Um, Again, these are really just cash prices, and then we're redeeming points at two cents each. So as long as we can make sure that we're getting a good deal, um, and then you know, then it is what it is. So when the Delta flights are a good price, um, then you're gonna by redeeming the Sky Miles through this promotion, you're probably gonna get a great deal. If the Delta price is significantly higher. Than other competitors, or it's just high in the first place, it may actually be more, but um because delta's revenue based if you're if it's available on miles, chances are the flight's probably pretty cheap, so always look that way. But I know that there is one of us that has not booked this deal, and that's uh Mr. Joe Chung. Why have you uh passed on this wonderful opportunity?
2: yeah, so I definitely agree with you guys, and don't question the value of this deal. you know two cents per sky mile is an amazing deal, and two cents per membership reward point is still a very good deal. You know, even in premium cabins, sometimes you can't get that much well, you can, still even with, if you can get more value out of premium with, cabins like with Delta sometimes it is
1: only about two cents per mile on premium yeah cabins. Yeah,
2: for sure. I'm talking about the membership rewards. Oh yeah, okay. Um, gotcha. Um so I don't question the value of the deal at all. Um so, you know, I think one thing if you uh listen to the observation deck or, you know, if you listen to this podcast as it goes on, you'll here is I don't try to be contrarian. It's just more like I've realized now that I've been in this game for a long time that I'm just kind of too old to jump on all these deals. Or a better way to say that is my schedule is too restricted to jump on all these deals. So one thing that Sam and Bob always talk about over at Milenomics is something called a demand schedule, which is basically like figuring out where are you traveling in the next year and what miles you're going to use to get there. And so my current demand schedule, like currently the flights that I know that I'm going to take, the places I know that I'm going to go, either they're locked in already, like I've already booked them because I book travel pretty far out, um, especially for like summer vacation and stuff like that, or... I am still not 100% sure about the trip. And so I need the flexibility to be able to change. So I'm JetBlue Mosaic. So Orlando is a great example, Sean. Like Delta has three direct flights there every day. JetBlue has four or five. Either way, like if I know for sure I'm going, I can choose between JetBlue and Delta, which price is better. However, with my current Orlando trips that are planned, I'm still not like 100% sure that I'm going. And even if I'm like 90% sure, I like to have the flexibility to change things. Um, And so, you know, The thing with deals like this is that if I booked through Delta Vacations, I'd be pretty much locked in. I definitely have to pay some kind of fees to cancel. If not, you know, I didn't even look at the terms, like maybe it's completely non-refundable and I can't get it back at all. So that's why I pass on this one because all my domestic travel isn't just, it's just not set in stone enough for me to commit to it. If I knew that the five of us were going somewhere that was a direct flight on Delta from Boston and we were like locked into doing that, I would definitely be doing that research looking for the best deal but for me right now we're not going to do that and i have learned to not waste time chasing these deals because i end up booking them more often than not um and then realizing later that really i've caused more stress for my family than necessary because i we don't have the time to make those trips and we have a lot of great trips planned so you know no need to push it so you know that's just me i don't know about you guys you guys um I, uh, I should say I 100% I have FOMO. Like, I totally feel bad missing out on this. At the same time, FOMO. I can live with it. I can, yeah, I can live with the FOMO because I just know that I can't chase every deal, and that's how it is. I mean, how do you guys just feel when you miss a deal or purposely miss a deal?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we all do. If we, if we hang around this world long enough, if we're interested in this stuff, then we're going to get FOMO when we miss out on deals. And there's always going to be great deals that you just can't do for one reason or the other. And I think that the most important thing is just being ready. So putting yourself in a position when a deal does come along that works for you, that you can take advantage of it. Like in this case, I had enough membership rewards to be able to book the things that make sense for me. Um, but there have been better deals that I've had to pass up for in the past just because I couldn't make the dates work or, or whatever. So, and I, and I tend to be less of a planner. I plan <laughs> a lot less of my travel ahead of time. So that helps me a little bit. But yeah, I think that your point is great, Joe, that not sort of on a higher level, not every single deal, no matter how good it is, will uh, be workable for every single person. Um, for me, the deals that hurt the most are the ones that I know that I could do it, but for some reason I don't have the currency or I don't have the you know, ability to do it. So I always just try to give myself all of the uh, ammunition I need. And then when the, the deal works, I'm happy. And when I miss out, I'm always sad. It doesn't matter if I could do it or not. Like you, I always have FOMO too. So I think that's just a part of the game. What about you, Mark?
1: I either do it or I don't. And if I don't, I don't care. I don't have FOMO. I don't care. Some deals I'm too lazy to do. Okay? So like... What was that one with uh was it JetBlue and Virgin Atlantic years ago where you if you had to book a JetBlue flight and then they would match your miles they get in Virgin Atlantic or something like that. I didn't do that cuz I was just too lazy and I was like I'm not all I could fly JetBlue is to Boston like what am I going to do with that. So I skipped that one. I didn't have any FOMO though.
0: Well, so there you have it. This is a great deal Delta <laughs> vacations. No FOMO, FOMO, whatever you want. Um it ends on the 6th. They actually extended it, it was supposed to end last week. So um, there's been another opportunity. If you have Sky Miles, have membership rewards, head over to MilesToMemories dot com. Just search Delta Vacations, and you'll be able to see our posts about it. And you can determine if it makes sense for you, or if uh, you're going to pass on this one. But either way, it's a great deal.
1: When you're listening to this, if you listen on Thursday, you only have one more day. So,
0: yep, September sixth, uh, yeah. which is the day after this uh, episode comes out. Now, well, let's get into some quick hits, just some some news uh, deals from this week, things that we think that you guys should know about. Uh, you can find out uh, any of these things on our website, so you can learn a little bit more about them. And their first uh, quick hit this week is Chase adding a brand new transfer partner. They've added Emirates as a one-to-one transfer to Ultimate Rewards. And we know that their, uh, the value of Ultimate Rewards has certainly been under pressure with devaluation from their partners like United, and a big devaluation coming up with them. They've lost partners like Korean Air, so it's good to see them add a new transfer partner to their list. Uh, I think that's their 13th overall. So, uh, yeah, if you want to know more, you can find it on the website, but now you can transfer your ultimate rewards to Emirates. And uh, the next quick kit we have for you is Fee-Free 5X at Staples. One of our favorite deals on Visa gift cards is back. Joe, you uh, hit up Staples at all for Visa gift cards?
2: Yes. Thankfully, I live within walking distance to Staples, so I can get some exercise, buy at least one gift card. Sometimes the cashiers are nice and will let me buy multiple I don't actually think it's hard coded, but they think it's hard coded that I can't buy more than one at once, so they'll make me do it in five separate transactions, um uh, which, you know, is fine because I don't know if you guys have this at Staples, but when you buy like multiple cards, the computer takes like 20 minutes to activate them all and you're just standing there awkwardly, yes, it so you know, it doesn't yeah. ma- it doesn't matter either way if they do it <laughs> one at a time or do it all at once, you know, it's all the same. So,
1: I always feel like a creepy like thief when I'm standing there waiting for my cards to activate. And yeah, just, I'm like, like you stare breaking out a cold
2: sweat as I'm waiting for all these Making things. Them, that. Try to avoid like, eye contact with cashiers. No, the cashier. no eye contact.
0: No,
1: <laughs> don't look at me. Yeah, do you want to check yeah, my card course. for the third time to make sure my name is my name?
2: You can't. I believe <laughs> you. these high school these high school cashiers very nice to me.
0: They're the and the longer it goes on, the more they start judging and wondering what you did to have it go on. Oh, but- my
1: my favorite is because uh, my card I did as a sole proprietor, so I just used my first name or my full name as my business name. So they're like. Why is your name on this card twice? I'm like, it's a business card. They're like, so your your business is your name? I'm like, does it matter to you? Just it it matches my ID. Just let me pay for my stuff and leave, please.
0: (laughs) Well, there you go. That's how. uh, Apparently, we all have uh, very awkward interactions at Staples during our visits, but it's worth it because uh, this Office Depot is even worse. This week through uh, Saturday through the 7th of September, they're offering Visa gift cards with no activation fee. It's usually $6.95, so you can buy $200 Visa gift cards. Uh, If you have a Chase Inc. cash or Bold or Plus card, uh, you can get 5x Ultimate Rewards, and then uh, you can liquidate it various ways. Uh, We have all kinds of stuff on how to liquidate on the website, but uh, yeah, so that's a great deal that we take advantage of every time it comes around every couple months, and I really love that. All right, and next, uh, Priority Pass has increased their visit fee. Um, Now, this might not be as bad as you think if you're hearing Priority Pass. If you get your Priority Pass membership through a credit card, then this won't affect you, or at least if you have complimentary visits through your credit card. But if you have a Priority Pass membership where you have to pay a per-visit fee, that has now gone up to uh, $32 uh, per visit, or actually it will, as of October 1st, go up to $32 per visit um, so yeah, probably not uh, great, but I hope most of you guys have free priority pass visits or included with your credit card, so it probably won't affect you. And then finally, Chase uh, has added some new features to their British Airways Visa card, but uh, Mark doesn't think that it's very good. He says that they missed the mark. Uh, real quick, Mark, uh, what have they added, and you know what? Where did they miss? What what sort of opportunities did they miss with it?
1: So Chase added a, a new sur- surcharge rebate on uh, award bookings when you use Avios, uh, and that's the big issue with their program is that they charge such high, such high fees to use their points or their miles. Um, so if you're booking a first-class ticket, you get a $200 rebate. Uh, if it's a, just a coach ticket, it's a, it's a $100 rebate. But the issue is they only allow it for flights departing from the U.S. going to Europe, and that's where the fees are the highest. If they would have done it reverse where you can go for Europe to the US, the fees are only, you know, two, three hundred dollars for a first class ticket. So that, that would have actually covered most of it and that would have been an awesome perk. But uh going the reverse way, the fees can be four, five, six hundred dollars. So getting two hundred dollars off a first class ticket, that's not a great deal. Now I will say for the coach tickets, I think the fees are usually right, right around a hundred to two hundred dollars. So if you're if you're flying coach from the US uh to London and, and you have the card, then that's It's still a decent perk, but they missed the mark where it could have been a a card that you want to get, that you want to keep. And with this, it's just, it's not as useful as it could have been. So I think that they kind of failed there.
0: Well, and yeah, you have all the full breakdown on the website. So if people are interested in more, or if you have that British Airways card, go ahead and take a look at that. But when it comes down to it, they are charging those fees in the first place, and they don't have to be. So benefit where you take away fees that you're you're charging isn't always great, but I guess it's always nice to see... um, some shake up with credit card benefits and maybe this will lead other cards to introduce some interesting new perks for flyers as well all right and with that that's the end of the show um before you go really do appreciate everyone subscribing dot memories.com forward slash podcast you can Find all of our subscription links. And if you do love the show, please consider giving us a review. It really does help us. And uh, like I said, we really enjoy bringing the show to you and hope to reach more listeners. Once again, milestonememories.com forward slash podcast. Thank you uh, so much, uh, Joe and Mark, for joining me this week. And uh, everyone out there listening, we will talk to you next week. Thanks so much for uh, downloading the show.
1: Bye, everyone. See you next Uh, week. Are you going to Chicago, Joe? I don't go anywhere. Just the the answer. (laughs) See, that's why I didn't stop. It's it's always no. The answer to are you going to blank is always no. Yeah. Beat that FOMO by coming to Chicago with us, Joe.
0: No. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I. I, I'll
1: give you my drink ticket. I promise. (laughs) I can only drink half of it. I'm sorry. What about me? What?
2: How do you deal with FOMO man? Pay attention. Jeez.